Hello, friends. Welcome to the In the Whisper podcast. I'm your host, Nita Wilkinson. We all know that life is just plain hard sometimes. Join me each week as I talk to a girlfriend about their journey of overcoming and how it always leads back to Jesus. Welcome back to In the Whisper. I'm Nita Wilkinson, and I am here today with Rachel Farenbach. Did I say that correctly? Your last you name. did. All right. Yes. And she has a book coming out tomorrow called 12, The 12-Week Guided Sabbath Journal, Rest and Reflect. And um, I have the opportunity to be on the launch team for this, and it is a very cool book. It's different than anything you've ever read, and it gives you an opportunity to walk yourself through getting to rest and reflection. So welcome, Rachel. I'm so glad you're here. Thank you so much for having me. So tell us a little bit about you. Um, Well, I am a writer. I live in the Chicagoland area. I'm married to my husband, Steve. Goodness, I don't know. I'm like, how many years? I've gotten past that point now, like where I'm like, I have to actively think about it. I think it'll be 12 years this year. And then um, we have three little ones uh, who are our daughter, who is almost 10, and our two sons, almost eight and almost five. So Yeah. yeah, you're in that fun stage of life. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. <laughs> so you've written this book about rest and reflection, and it's a, a sab- connected to the Sabbath. So tell us about your journey to Sabbath rest and the impact that it has had on your life and your family's life. Yeah, I would love to. So um, growing up, I always kind of felt like I was a little bit of an outsider. I grew up in a family of eight kids. I was the oldest. We were a Christian homeschooling family. So as you can imagine, that would kind of put me a little bit, we were homeschooling before it was cool. You know, like (laughs) now everybody homeschools, but back when I was a kid, we were not all, they were not all homeschoolers. Um, But we, so I kind of always felt a little bit on the outside, but what even more so is just the way that I approached life. I tended to be, um, feel things really intensely, really deeply and really emotionally. And I got criticized quite a bit about how I saw things. I wouldn't say that I was a people pleaser because if it was truly something I felt strongly about or thought I wanted, I wasn't going to budge on it. <laughs> but there were were moments where I started to like chisel away pieces of who I was because I thought others might not like it. That kind of continued through my whole life. And about five years ago, I got to this point in my life where everything got pulled out under the rug kind of got pulled out from underneath me. Everything that I thought was going well kind of crumbled a little bit. And these roles that I was fulfilling seemed to be in jeopardy. I thought I was being a good mom. I thought I was being a good friend. I thought I would be, was being a good writer and everything just kind of felt a little off. And I felt myself so exhausted from the emotional and mental toll that it was taking on me. And I started to notice that I was getting really short Mm -hmm. (laughs) with people, and I had lost some of my joy. And around the same time, our our church was going through uh, the Ten Commandments and was going through a study. And in our small group, we started digging into this question of rest, the Sabbath, and what that could mean for us. In that moment, I think I was ready for that conversation because I was so exhausted from everything that was going on in our lives at the moment that... When that conversation came up, I was like, wait, 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 wait. I grew up in the church, and we really didn't talk about Sabbath very often. So what exactly is it? What exactly? It's a commandment. Why are we still not doing this? 
I could tell that the others in my small group were not dismissing what I was saying, but just were didn't really have very many answers. And so after we left that small group, my husband, who was with me, kind of looked at me and he was like, this conversation's not over, is it? And I'm like, no, it's not. So it's we start digging. You have a husband like that, that can see Yes, that. I am very blessed. I will I will be the first one to admit I am. I hit the jackpot with my husband. That's he awesome. is fabulous and wonderful and totally gets me. So we start digging into what do the scriptures really say and did Sabbath end for us and what that means. And as I was starting to, to see that um, the symbolism of Sabbath pointing towards Jesus as our ultimate Sabbath rest, Right. Then I started realizing, oh my goodness, this is something for us. It's a gift for us. We get to sit with our creator in this moment mm-hmm. and really dig into what he wants for our lives. And so my husband and I have a, had a conversation about it. And we're like, you know, what could this look like for us? And there weren't that many resources, but we just kind of started saying, I think this is what's kind of laid out in the scriptures. Um, these are some really neat things that traditionally people do for Sabbath. So let's incorporate that create a Sabbath that points us back to Jesus and also creates space in our week to just rest and reflect. And so that's really how we started implementing this. And then this beautiful thing happened as we started doing this on this weekly basis. As I spent time reflecting, I felt God drawing near to me and giving me fresh eyes to see myself the way that he saw me and ears to hear the thing that he wanted for me. The moments of just sitting with him and processing my week with him and reflecting on that and drawing nearer to him and asking him what he wanted me to learn from my week. It began to refresh me and give me a new ability to walk through the hard seasons of life without that exhaustion. I found myself now operating from a place of rest and it really transformed my life. Wow, that's amazing and much needed today. Yes. Yes, very much so. One of the things that you said in your introduction that really, it just really seemed to smack me right in the head was, it's not contentment I need, it's clarity. Mm -hmm. The journey Jesus was taking us on was an adventure that contained puzzle pieces, but for you, those puzzle pieces weren't fitting the way they were supposed to, which kind of was part of what led you into this journey. And I thought, how many people feel like that? But how many people don't even know that it's they don't know what they want. They don't know if it's contentment or clarity. So you were already maybe a step ahead, but that really resonated with me. Yeah, it um, definitely in that moment, I, because I got, people kept saying that to me. They're like, oh, you know, I think you need to pray for contentment. It sounds like you need contentment. (laughs) I'm like, I'm a pretty content person. Like, I don't need a whole lot in my life. I know that I'm designed for something. And I just feel like I'm trying to figure out what that is. And I'm not getting close to it. And I know I'm, I'm made a certain way and I have a unique design, but I just don't understand how it fits in with everything. And so in those, in that Sabbath space of reflection, really felt like God started clarifying for me what that all was. By having that. That's awesome. So you talked a little bit about how you had this time and you were connecting with him. Um, tell me how the Sabbath practice Um, gave you in an intentional way to reconnect with God. What were you doing to make that happen on your Sabbath? So our Sabbath, um, we take a a 24-hour Sabbath, or very close to it. It's sometimes like between 20 and 24 hours. Um, But we do set aside a significant amount of time 
when we approached it, you know, it's very interesting. People tend to think of rest as doing nothing, right? Like a complete, like cessation of everything. Right. And I think that's really what kind of makes people a little bit nervous about doing the Sabbath because right. they're like, how am I supposed to do nothing for 24 hours? But really what I've found in reading the scriptures and then also just looking at the different, the different festivals and things that God lays out right. for the Israelites and the ways that he gave structure to the different, you know, the seventh day Sabbath is not the only Sabbath in the Bible. There's different Sabbaths that God put into the Israelite culture. You know, um, every seven years, they were supposed to let the ground rest. There's different Sabbaths that actually happen. But as I was noticing, I noticed there was intentionality and there was a little bit of structure. And so in looking at the different ways that um, traditionally people approach Sabbath, I noticed that they shared a meal together. There was a sense of reflecting on God's provision. I knew that those were two things that we really needed to incorporate. And so what we do, we have um, a Sabbath meal to begin our Sabbath practice with our kids. We do it as a family. I created a script for us to follow. I light the candles and I say the same script every week. And it pretty much reminds us that Jesus came as a light to overcome the darkness of sin and death. And so it reminds us of that. It helps us reflect on that. And then do a devotion with our kids. We um, spend some time with them, reconnecting with them. And then my husband goes and puts them to bed. And during that time, I sit with God and I ask the same questions that I ask every week. I begin to reflect and I begin to ask some questions with God and really dig into what did my week look like? Where was God showing up? Where did he provide? Where did he embrace me? That's actually one of the questions I asked. Where did God embrace me this week? And what do I hope for for next week? Really, my prayer during that time is, Lord, let me see my week the way that you you saw it. Because sometimes we can like go through our week hustling that we we don't have eyes to see God working in our life. So that's really my prayer. So that's my intentional reflection time with God is in that space. That's amazing. How do your kids feel about it? You know, they they love Sabbath. And I think, you know, I am, I will acknowledge I have littles, right? They kind of go yeah. along with the flow. So it's a little easier. I'm not going to, you know, I, I will not dismiss the difficulties of having junior high and high schoolers and trying to get them to do the things with you. You know, I've heard of other families who say to their kids, this is our time. And you are welcome to invite your friends into this time with us. But this is, we are doing this as a family. And so you need to protect that. For us, our kids, enjoy it sometimes they'll start quoting the stuff with us <laughs> and um <laughs> yeah we're like Shh, let me just speak <laughs> but we also take communion with our kids during that time my husband um does communion with them and leads us in that and then he speaks a blessing over them he speaks a blessing for their week and i think that has been so neat because it has actually opened up opportunities for them to dialogue with us about our faith in a way that is safe, also on their level. And so they can ask us questions about, well, why did Jesus have to die? You know, right. why, you know, how, what, how do we know he resurrected, you know, from the dead? Those kind of questions that might get lost. They might think them, but they might not really have a space and time to talk about them in that moment. Right. They get to talk about it with us. I love you that. Know? And then they also know that we're going to spend some real quality family time during that 24 hours. They know mom and dad are not working during that, that time. They know they get us fully. They know we're not going to be on our phones or anything. You know, I do have to keep my phone on me because it's my only camera. <laughs> <laughs> right. So I do keep it. But we try to do 
we try to do some one-on-one time with the kids and we try to do some family activity too during that 24 hours so they enjoy it that's amazing i love everything about that (laughs) (laughs) you talk about in the book that you need to pick your sabbath day and i found that so intriguing because i think of the sabbath as Sunday. And I know you and I talked before we went on air about, you know, the Jewish nation practices it on Friday, but you give people the option of picking a day that's their Sabbath. So explain more about that because I was really intrigued with that. What I found when you're studying the scriptures, God doesn't actually give a specific day. In Genesis, the account is just that he created for six days and then rested the seventh. In Exodus, it talks about six days and then rest the seventh. There's not actually a specific day given. Um, But what has happened, because in the creation account, it says that God created day out of evening or out of darkness. The Jewish tradition is to view, or at the time when um, the Sabbath was given, the tradition was to view it as sunset to sunset is a day. What I found as I was studying the scriptures, our culture has shifted a lot in the centuries. The idea of Sunday being a Sabbath actually is a relatively new idea. The early church would have, uh, Jewish believers would have celebrated the Sabbath from Friday at sunset to Saturday at sunset. And then they would have celebrated what they considered the Lord's Day from Saturday evening through Sunday evening, you know, sunset to sunset. Interesting. Yes, it is very interesting to know that it's culturally become the day, right? Right. That Sunday. I personally don't think that we need to be sticklers about which day it is because I find that in the scriptures, it's more about the cyclical seventh day happening, you know, that that comes the intentionality. That is every seven days you take this break and pause. And so that's why I offered that to people because one, you know, some people and their jobs do not give them a weekend. Right. And I was actually talking to somebody today. Uh, her husband is an EMT. Right. Their lives are you know, like their schedule is very off. You know, and I know that that can be very difficult for people. Um, you work retail. Some most of the time you're scheduled on the weekends. Right. And people who are in ministry who work in the church. Weekends are their job. <laughs> and so having a Sabbath really is more about sticking to every seven days is really where the importance lies. And so that's why I say, you know, you can pick a Sabbath that works for you and your family. It's more about the intentionality of committing to it on a week by week basis. And so in the journal, you'll notice I didn't um, name the days as Monday, right. Tuesday, Wednesday. I put day one, day two, day three, day four, five, six and seven and then the weeks are actually week one through 12 because i wanted people to be able to pick it up at any point in the year right and do it and set whatever day they wanted for their sabbath so. yeah it and and i noticed you used um the same it's like a month's worth of questions and then you restarted over the second month and the third month which i which i thought was interesting so you can see where you're growing and where mm-hmm. things are going i thought that was awesome I think there really is something about cycling back and asking yourself the same questions because it's not taking in new information. It's You know what to expect almost when you're entering into that question time. You're like, oh, yeah, we've been here before. Yeah. Let's see where we've come since then. Right. You know. Right. So I thought that was awesome. 
You talk about a regular rhythm of rest and reflection in your book. So how do you see those things as life-giving to you and your family? been interesting about establishing the 24-hour Sabbath period is that I started noticing that you really kind of have to be intentional throughout the week in order to hit that 24-hour rest period. Okay. That you have to start planning for it. As I started viewing it that way, that this is really an anchor out of which our, our week happens. What I recognized was that rest and reflection really needs to happen throughout the whole week. Okay. And so that's why I structured our my journal this way is that each day you have a little bit of rest and reflection that really needs to happen mm-hmm. to truly get yourself in the mindset so that by the time Sabbath rolls around, you are ready to dig in. You're ready to say, yeah, God, I'm here with you. I'm sitting with you. And recognizing that and structuring my life around the rest instead of the rest around my life. Oh, it wow. It really flipped the script for me. And I yeah. started recognizing that I needed to work out of rest, not rest from my work. In that way, it became very life-giving. And it also became very life-giving in that I started to understand who I was, who God designed me to be, what he wants for my life, and how he wants me to relate to those around me. And having that clarity just brought a whole layer of joy to my life that I hadn't had before. And I love the last one because it it's always keeping it on what we should be doing rather than focusing on, on our ourselves. Mm. So I love that. That last question about how to relate to others. Yes. Is that what you're yeah. waiting to those around us? Yeah. Yes. Yes. Because we were designed for community. Mm. Yes. We were designed within the construct of community. Um, when God created the earth, you know, God said, let us create in our image. And I think that that is so important for us to remember that we have that imprint of community on us. And it's very, unfortunately, sin has just completely broken that. Mm -hmm. But I do think that it is one of those things that we're sad when we're not in community. And sometimes we can be sad when we're in community because of sin, you know, so there's like a conflict there. But it's so important. And there's so much growth to be had in being in community. Right. So share your three best tips to implementing a Sabbath practice. That's a good question. <laughs> I would say that I, um, it's really important that you are intentional. Mm-hmm. So being intentional with how much time are you going to give to your Sabbath? So I, I do suggest a 24-hour period because I feel like it's kind of like with vacation. You know, you go on vacation, it takes a little bit for you to kind of like, right. okay, we're on vacation. So it takes a little bit to get into it. So when you have a larger amount of time, you really can like dive in a little deeper. So I do suggest the 24 hours, but I understand that for some people that might be a lot to begin with. So I really do suggest just like, if you can just take one hour of the week. And the point is to be intentional about how much time and when that time's gonna take place. Right. So mark it down on your calendar. Don't let anything come in the way of it. There are times when, especially because we do our Sabbath from Saturday afternoon to Sunday afternoon, there are times when like family events, like a wedding or, you know, things like that happen. And in that moment, we just adjust. We'll either do it the day before or the day after, Uh you know, we'll just kind of shift a little bit, but that's the exception, not the norm. Right. And so really it's about being intentional that you're the duration that which day it's going to happen. That would be my first thing I would say to you. The second one would be to plan out what you're going to do during your 24 hours. Plan out what your rest is going to look like because there should be kind of a structure to it. 
Do you want to spend a meal together as a family? Do you want to, um, what kind of things do you find restful and enjoyful, you know, enjoy doing? What things delight you? You know, if you enjoy cooking, cook. If you don't, get takeout. You know, those are kind of things that start thinking that through, like, what do I want this to look like? And then the third thing I would say would be to prep. Like, don't leave it to the day off to try to figure things out. Prep throughout the week. Think about your space and think about your food mainly. Those are like the two that I would say for sure you need to make pay attention to. For your space, what do you need to be clean in order to feel restful? Not all the things. It's just what do you need. For me, if the kitchen is clean, I feel restful. For my husband, if the laundry's folded, he feels restful. So we always try to make sure those two things are done before we enter into Sabbath. And then for food, for us, you know, I, I always laugh when people are like, oh, you know, make sure that you don't, you have food ready to go for the weekend. And I'm like, oh, I got lucky because my husband enjoys grilling, like finds so much passion in it. <laughs> and so he is like all about grilling on Saturday night. Like this is, so it's his domain. So he takes care of dinner on Saturday for us. Mm-hmm. I don't do that. So, you know, it's, it's that kind of stuff. Just kind of figure out what do you delight in? How can you prepare for it? And move from there. Do the kids um, get I mean, are they a part of that conversation of what they delight in and so that they each have Mm -hmm. something that's important to them? Yes. For some of the stuff, we obviously structured it, but they have roles for our Sabbath meal. For instance, my youngest gets to go turn off all the lights before we light the Sabbath candles. My middle kid, he brings the bread to the table and my daughter, she sets the table with the flowers and the tablecloth. We kind of make it a big deal. Mm Mm-hmm. So they have roles. But when it comes to our time of reconnecting one-on-one with the kids, they get to pick. Okay. They get to pick exactly what they want to do with us for the that duration of time. And every week it varies. They like right. one, you know, one time they might be like, I want to play Legos with you for the 20 minutes. Sometimes they're like, you know, I just want to watch a show with you, mom yeah, and dad. Sometimes they want us to read a book to them. So yeah. So in that sense, they do get to pick what they want. So they pick in what they delight in doing mm-hmm. with you. Okay, that's yep. cool. Yep. So how, as we're winding up our time, tell me how you think this guided journal can help someone else create that rhythm of rest and reflection in their home. Yes, that's a great question. So the journal, if, I mean, you've read it, so you know, I don't, the devotional part of it is not about rest. It's about giving you a space to have conversations about your identity, purpose, and belonging. And I did that purposely because really I wanted my reader to be able to have a way to start having those conversations with God. But the structure of the journal is what helps implement that practice of rhythm and reflection. So on Monday, or sorry, I said Monday. It's not, it's whatever day, your day after your Sabbath, you know, Um, so in my introduction, I say, pick your Sabbath day, and then your day one starts the next day. And on day one, there's a short devotion, mm-hmm. and then there's a truth to rest in. And then there is a question to reflect further on that truth. And then there's a space for prayer requests to rest your request and your concerns to God. Right. So, and then that repeats for the next six days. And that is just a short, a small way to start reflecting and resting each and every day. And then it gets to your seventh day. And um, on the seventh day, it's structured in a way that there's a spot for sermon notes because 
That was really, I was getting kind of tired of having my notes everywhere, like my sermon <laughs> notes one place, my prayer requests. Some, but I also knew that there were things that came up in the sermon that I wanted to really reflect on later on. So I wanted to be able to have them in the same spot as my reflection. So there's a spot for that. And then there's three questions that don't change from week to week. And they're meant to help you look back on your week right. and really reflect. And so that part of the week is structured to create that rhythm of reflection each week on looking back how has God embraced me this week what do I hope for for next week and then there's further reflection questions that you can pick from as the reader if you want to dig deeper if you want to look into different areas of your life sit with God in that in that reflection and then the end the week with looking back to see how God answered prayer requests offering up anything else that you want to rest with him in and then it ends with a Sabbath prayer and of rest and reflection. And so the structure of the journal really takes you through every day a little bit of rest and reflection. And then this time where you get to dig in a little deeper on Sabbath. Right. And I want to hear how you do that because you have time as a family around a meal and your kids, you have three children and you each spend a little bit of time with them. So where do you and your husband get your private time with God? Mm -hmm. yeah. It's 24 hours, but still mm -hmm. you do sleep during part of that. So. <laughs> yes. yes, you're right. And I think that's like, that's one of the things I tell people, I'm like, try to do from sunset to sunset because your rest is automatically built in, right? Because right. you're going to sleep. So it really does help with that component of it. For me, after we do our, our intentional time with our kids, our one-on-one -on -one time with our kids of reconnecting with them, my husband goes and puts them to bed. And during that hour after that time of him putting them to bed, because, you know, it takes, it takes a little bit putting kids to bed, <laughs> especially when they're little. I remember. <laughs> <laughs> during that hour afterwards, he doesn't, um, he'll put them to bed. And if he gets done before my time is done, he doesn't talk to me. He just lets me be. And I sit in my chair in my living room. I have a special blanket I have and I get a cup of coffee or tea or whatever I feel like and put that next to me and then I sit and I do my reflection time and prayer time during that hour and in that space that's for me when I get to reflect and then when my time is done my husband and I will come reconvene as a couple and talk through our week and reflect together mm -hmm. on our week and talk through things that God has been showing us for my husband he might do a little bit of reflection. He's not as like needs to sit there with a journal and go through it. He kind of sits quietly and does things. He's more of a needs yeah. to be doing something, you know, yeah. washing dishes or something like that. But he also has an hour long commute every day right. to and from work. And so that's really his space where he's talking with God and praying. So he kind of does that more on a daily basis. Everyone will make it their own. That's that yeah. is one of the things that's so great about it because it's just really it's a template for you mm -hmm. to work with your family the way that it works best. And I'm really, I'm excited to do it. I have gone through the book, but I haven't started it because I'm doing a Lenten series and we talked about that earlier, but what a great thing to start as we've had this beautiful time of Lent and people have been reflecting in their own way. And then to start something like this, this is a perfect time for it to come out just, yeah. just before Easter so that people can start yeah, so the idea is Easter. that they can start after Easter. Yeah, right. that's my hope for people. Right. But I am excited to do that. And I think that one of the things I think I love the best about it is is the intentionality. Doing things over and over so that you're finding your growth and your 
you're seeing where maybe where you've got some weaknesses, you have some opportunity for that mm-hmm. if people choose to use it and seeing the growth that they have and watching prayer requests. It's just, I'm really excited to start it. And I think people will really enjoy it. So tell me how they can get this book. I know where I got mine. I got mine on Amazon. <laughs> yes. So it releases Amazon, it releases March 30th. And so I, I don't know if when this episode will be airing, but Monday. So it's, it'll okay. be, I think the day after uh, the day, the day before. Yeah. So yes. on the 30th, you'll be able to, to purchase it on Amazon. It should get to you in a couple of days if you have prime. <laughs> right. So you'll have it for after Easter begins if you want to start that day. Um, so yeah, so you can get it on Amazon. If you want to learn more about the journal, you can go to rachelferenbach.com slash journal, and it will have a little bit more of a description. And when it does become available, it will have the link to the Amazon listing then. Right. And I will put all of those resources in the show notes so people will be easily Perfect. be able to find you on social media and get to uh, the book as easily as possible. Thank you so much, uh, Rachel. I know that you're busy with your three kids and launching a book next week. And I appreciate you taking the time to be on um, in the whisper today. Thank you so much for having me. I really enjoy talking to you about Sabbath and rhythms of rest and reflection. I, I'm excited to, to see where it goes in my house. Um, I'll have yeah. to let you know. Yes, please do. And for those of you listening, we will have a special episode on Maundy Thursday where we continue our Lenten series, um, The Prayers of Jesus. And these on Thursday, we will look at the prayers of Jesus on the cross. Thanks, everyone. Until next time.